Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. It is an absolute pleasure to be with you tonight. I am excited for the start of the decade. How about you? Right? I know. It was like, what, how many days ago that we started? What? What's today? 17. The 17th. It's 17 days into 2020. And I'm calling 2020 the decade of awakening. Right? It is the decade during which the 12 Hebrew, Hebrew tribes scattered among the Gentiles in the dispersion will awaken and they will remember who they are and begin the journey homeward. Does that shock you when I say that? Do you know who you are as a people? Do you know that you are a member of the 12 Hebrew tribes? that have traveled to the four corners of the world? Do you know? There are many of us who don't know. I am thankful to Sister Faith and the women of the North, and I'm commending this group, Mosiah's Women's Network Society, for the huge vision that she just laid out to finally put together a group such as this so that we can come together and support one another. You know, about a year ago, I searched pretty earnestly for a group like this. And I even thought about starting a group like this. And I'm so glad that Sister Faith and the folks that have been working with her have risen to this task of pulling us together. There's a season for everything. And everything is happening exactly at the right time. It's happening exactly as it should. So when Sister Faith reached out to me and she asked me to speak tonight, I said to her, what's the message that you want me to bring? And she gave me the question, are you smart? And what a beautiful question that is. I had to ponder on it for a little bit of time, but then it came to me in a bit of a dream. So tonight, I'm going to take you on a journey, and the journey will lift you up. The journey will make you smart. As a people, even if we have never stepped foot in a church, or if we have gone to church but then kind of abandoned it altogether, our spirit is inclined to listen to the words of wisdom written in the Bible. The Bible is the book of what I call the diaspora, or what we recognize as the diaspora. The 12 Hebrew tribes, our ancestors wrote the Bible, and though parts of it are now missing, or some parts of it have been altered to reflect the image of the European, enough of its substance still remains so that it can help us as a people to know who we are. So, I'm going to use parts of the good book to guide our journey tonight. In Joel 2 verse 28, it says this, It shall come about after this that I shall pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. We are a people that dream. How many people in here have vivid dreams that tell like a story? How many people have visions? Anyone? Two people have visions? Three, four, five, six. Oh, see, we are just gifted spiritually we're gifted people. Now, how many people are seers? How many people can go into the future and see what's to come? 
We call it prophesying, but I call it seeing. Any seers in the room? One seer. Anyone else? Okay. If you ever have a dream and then a couple of weeks the same thing happens, you're starting to have some gifts as a seer. It's just they haven't been developed fully yet. And I'm going to tell you how to develop those gifts fully. So even as a child, I had these fantastic dreams that played like movies. And over the years, as I've shared those dreams, I've come to realize that I'm not quite that ordinary, at least when it comes to dreams. Even my twin sister doesn't have dreams like I do. So I'm a psychotherapist, and I practice a style of therapy that makes forgiveness front and center of the whole process. And you can't show people how to forgive unless you're a forgiveness expert yourself. So I moved through my own journey where I, I have forgiven my mother and my father, my brothers, my sisters, uh, members of our extended family. I have forgiven co-workers and bosses for a whole bunch of things. I have forgiven white people for being unjust and inhumane. I have forgiven women for our unkindness towards one another and for displacing the black male from his rightful position in our society. I have forgiven men for violating women and children. I have forgiven nations for the unnecessary wars and the loss of so many lives. And like Christ, I have forgiven Adam and Eve and all humanity for being a stiff neck and disobedient people. And after moving through my own forgiveness journey, my dreams shifted and I started to have visions instead of dreams. Now, visions are different in that they play like a movie. So I'll just be standing here and all of a sudden, there's a movie that plays and it has a start, it has a middle, and it has an end. And though it will take me some time to figure out the meaning of it all, there's a meaning that's hidden in it that I am then to share with other people. So, I'm gonna use a dream that I had not too long ago to lift you up this evening and hopefully it will bring some enlightenment and some wisdom uh, to you. So, join me now. The dream begins on the shores of Africa. I stand with two men on a beautiful but narrow, narrow seashore, and I take in the beauty of this scenery before me. Though I am in Africa, it looks a lot like the Caribbean. The beach sits below a massive, massive mountain, the heights of which you can compare to maybe a 100-story building. The face of the mountain is rough and strong. It has light clay colors, and the contours of the mountain, they are rugged, but the mountain shimmers from the beautiful sunlight and the perfect blue sky. The top of the mountain has like these rolling hills with grass, like the greenest color you have ever seen. And I am standing with two men on the seashore. They're white men, and they're dressed like sailors from another time. They're wearing a hat, they're wearing these very delicately designed shirts, they're wearing shorts, and they're even wearing white shoes and socks that come up to here. 
And I'm having a conversation with them, and at this point in the conversation to them, with them, I say, I'm going to find my friend Ameze. And the expression on one of their faces catches my eye because in the way that he looks at me, it's like he's saying, why would you go searching for a meze right now? But without any hesitation or any further discussion, I head off down the beach. And though there is no path up this mountain, all of a sudden, a boardwalk appears. And the boardwalk gives me way to the edge of the mountain. And just as I'm at the edge, trying to find a way up, something in my spirit says, look out in the ocean. And I look out in the ocean, and then I see why the sailors have the quizzical look on their faces. I see this massive wave, like a tsunami coming my way. And so my heart quickens, right? And I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And I think to myself, do I want to turn back or do I want to continue going? And then I take another look and I realize something. The wave is moving as slow as a turtle. And I think to myself, I redecide. I'm going to go find my friend on that day. So, as I make my decision, as we all make our decisions and we're firm in our decisions, a path opens and I go up the mountain. And as I walk this path, it's a path that has is worn, it's been walked before, and all of a sudden, rather than just facing the cliff and climbing right up, it's like I'm just walking a path where I see trees on one side and young trees, and eventually I come to an opening. And as I come to the opening, I enter what I now call the village of peace. As I enter this place, I see a village with tiny houses. You know how they have the tiny house kind of revolution going on right now? They're all tiny houses and they're on stilts and they're small. And the women that are in this village are all black women, dark skinned black women. And they have the most beautiful smiles on their faces. There's a peace within them, a wisdom within them, a kindness within them that you can just see by looking at them. One lady is coming down like this direction and she says hello to me. And I'm noticing her dark skin and I'm noticing the ground. There's no grass and her skin is the exact same color as the ground. I'm noticing another lady. She's sitting on the porch or it's not even a porch. It's just a step going up to her, uh, to her tiny house. She's sitting on it and she's looking at me and she's smiling just with her eyes. There's peace, peace, only peace in this place. So eventually I make my way to the center of this village and I ask them, do you know where I can find my friend Ameze? And, they, and this one lady, she says to me, oh dear, she doesn't live here. She lives in another village and it's quite far away. And she notices that I'm starting to ponder as, as to whether or not I'm gonna go on with my journey. And she says, you won't be able to travel tonight, dear. You have to come inside and stay with me. The wave is coming. The people in the village 
knew about the way. They go on about their day, but when they need to, they settle in and they get ready for it to come in. So she welcomes me in, and although there's four of us, me, her, and her two children, there's more than enough room in this tiny house. And beyond that, I notice something. There's only one boy, one male in the village. Her house is so delicately de decorated. And there's this humility about the entire place. And so as I sit there and I talk with her for hours, the wave comes in. And eventually I go over to a window and it opens like one of those awning windows with a stick at the side. It opens. And I'm there watching the wave as it comes in. And the wave covers the, the place like the days of Noah. The entire place is covered. Just flooded. The water comes in. But as it comes in, it turns into this very peaceful river. No wave that crashes into us. And eventually what happens is the house lifts off its stilts. And like a boat, it just rocks. And I'm just mesmerized by the, the scene outside. And I'm mesmerized by the peace within. So when you start your business, think of it in this way. I am seeking my peace. And I'm going to be serious about it. So... Some people, as you step out, they might also say to you, the conditions aren't right. There's a wave that's coming. They'll say to you, but you've never done this before. They'll say to you, you know, how are you going to survive this for the next three to five years as you build? They'll say, settle down, you know, don't get excited. Just stay in the state of restlessness where you are. And rather than support you, sometimes they'll even hide information from you. Things that would help you. So this is why we as a people need to start helping ourselves. We must express the desire to seek success in our business. We must express the desire to seek peace. And as we express that desire, God will open a way for us. Once we commit to the journey, each of us is required to then be mindful. Can anyone tell me what the word mindful means? Think of. Think of. To think. Yes? Good. That's part of it. Anyone else? Make it be something that you're fully aware of most of the time. Make it be a part of you so far. Ah, to be fully aware. To make it so a part of you that you're fully aware of what's going on. You were saying? Yeah, to be responsible. To be responsible, right? So to be mindful. So here's what Merriam-Webster uh, Dictionary says about it. It's a quality or a state of being conscious or aware of something. It's also defined as a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present while also calmly acknowledging those things, those feelings, those thoughts, and bodyless sensations that we should be aware of. So mindfulness has to become, it's become a very popular therapeutic technique, and I teach it to my clients all the time. But the most mindful people in the world connect deeply with their own spirit. 
So you have to be able to say, I connect with myself. I understand myself deeply. I know the things that cause me to be afraid. What does a tsunami in my dream represent? Fears. Yes. Doubts. Chaos. Right? Those things that overwhelm us. Those things that bury us. Those things that totally crash over us. So, a crisis. So, say? A crisis. A crisis. Exactly. So there are all of these things happening every day. Black women now make up the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in Canada and the United States. But we cannot survive if we do not rise to a place of peace where we support each other with this understanding. You are here to be seen. So am I. You, if you succeed, it takes nothing from me because God's got both of us in his hands. My success, even if it comes after yours, I'm going to be at peace. <laughs> I'm going to use my peace to celebrate you as you move up because I know I will move up too. So if we can move into a place where we say all of these things, we'll help each other to succeed. Forgiveness in the style that I teach, I believe it anyways, is the most profound and effective way of becoming mindful. It shows us the deep-rooted lies that people tell us that we also tell ourselves. It will also show you the ways in which you've been living in the shadows, the ways you've been limiting yourself and even your potential. Mindful people know their truth. Somebody said it earlier, speak your truth, and can quickly tell the difference when somebody else is speaking to you as to whether that is truth or not. And in order to be successful, you have to know when people are speaking truth to you. You have to be able to say, this person is hiding something. This person is saying the right thing. This advice that this person is giving me, it is useful. But if you're not able to tell the difference, you'll go down rabbit holes, you'll make mistakes, things that sometimes you cannot recover from. Success comes with a well-thought-out and flexible plan where strategic action is required at key moments in time. Mindful people act even in the midst of their fears. So even though this wave comes every single day, and it does, the wave comes every single day, you don't want to get stuck looking at the wave. You don't want to be there looking at the crises that come up every day. You simply say, okay, the wave is here. Let's settle in for the ride. And tomorrow we start again. As you act, remain rooted and grounded. Imagine a tree that's planted by a lake. Its roots go deep down and it grows tall. And one day someone from a foreign land decides it would look better and it was more suited in their golf course on the other side of the world. They uproot the tree, ship it across the seas and replant it in a sandy place where there is only a small water hole. And the tree does not die, but in every way, shape, and form, it is suffocating. 
We are a nation with a disastrous history of uprootedness. Through our dispersion, or though our dispersion has served a larger spiritual purpose, all of us were sent away more than 401 years ago. So, if we look through our family tree, we'll see the pattern of uprootedness. It's as though the uprooting is woven into our DNA, and it has had a devastating impact on our community. Husbands leave their families, mothers leave their children, and this translates into a nomadic way of being. And today, for us, it looks like this. We are inconsistent. We are uncommitted. We cannot stay. We just don't stay. So where will your business grow if you're inconsistent? How will it grow if you're inconsistent? How large can you become if you never stay present enough to build it? If you don't have strong relationships and bonds that you build, how will your business grow? Relationship is the most essential thing for a successful business. So for all of us, we have to start staying instead of leaving. We have to start up, stop uprooting ourselves continually and instead become rooted and grounded. So when I teach people how to forgive, I teach them to see, see something. I teach them to see the patterns that we repeat. I teach them to see the uprootedness. Mom, I forgive you for leaving. Dad, I forgive you for sending me away. African ancestors, I forgive you for selling us into slavery. White people, I forgive you for enslaving us, for enslaving my mind, for hating me, for being inhumane. God, I forgive you for punishing me and my ancestors so fiercely. Yeah, sometimes we have to forgive God too. <laughs> so, I teach people to look at the speck of dust in the other person's eye and then look at the big old log in your own eye and then forgive yourselves. Joan, I forgive you for leaving. I forgive you for sending me away. I forgive you for enslaving my people, for enslaving my mind, for hating me and for being inhumane. Joan, I forgive you for punishing me so fiercely. The thing others do to us, we do to ourselves. And it is when we forgive it that we break the curse. That is when we stop the repatterning. And we end the wars, the internal wars, the internal fights with ourselves. And when we start to believe in ourselves, that is when we can be consistent. That is when you find that everything begins to align that is when you start finally making those sales. That's when you start activating and being creative in all the ways that you need to be creative. So we're serious, we're mindful, we make plans and we act, we're rooted and we're grounded, but do we show up on time, right? That was the last element of my dream. And I remember those days where I used to be either early or late. Some grant would come and it would just fit with the perfect project that I have, but because I'm discovering it so late, I can't even apply. 
Or even if I apply, I'm creating a grant application that's so messy, it doesn't even make sense. So, when we go through the process of being mindful, when we can look at the wave and see the wave for what it is, when we can stop paying attention to the wave and more focused, become more focused on the present, then, then we can also start showing up on time. So notice where you are. Are you always showing up for meeting late, meetings late? Are you slow at moving through the day? How many burners do you have on? How many pots are on each burner? We're always divided into so many places. But now it's time to streamline. Pay attention. Choose to end the chaos, the fear, and the dread. Notice the wave, but don't get stuck with it. There's a reason why all the people in this village are, uh, in this village are black women. There's only one male, and I believe he's there because he's covered by his mother. But everyone else is a mature, loving, kind-hearted, smiling African woman. And their skin reflects the very earth on which they stand. And by the way, if you haven't guessed it yet, the mountain is God. And at the top of the mountain, our skin looks the same as God. We are the very image of him. And it is when we reflect the very image of God that there is love and there's peace. And when we have love and peace, everything lines up. Our ancestors are the original people. They were chosen and set apart by God. We've journeyed the four corners to the four corners of the world so that the Gentiles could know our God, and it is now time for the wars to end. We are the people who will bring peace to the earth. We are the, one, we are the ones who are willing to go searching for peace. Are you smart? There's two kinds of people in this dream. You'll notice one that's represented by the white man. They survive through self-reliance. There's another that's represented by the black woman. The black woman who is moving through a process, a transformation journey, I call it sometimes rising, I call it spiritual transformation, but I'm noticing the earth, I'm noticing the color of the skin of the women in that village. And so I choose to call it becoming beautiful I am. Peace is at the top of that mountain. And when we have peace, everything else falls into line. At the top of the mountain, you will find the smartest people on the planet. Thank you for listening.